0: Greetings from IBEC, the International Institute of Building Enclosure Consultants. I'm Katie Springle-Lemka, your host for the featured technical article of IBEC Interface. You can find this article and a variety of resources for the building enclosure professional by visiting our website at ibec.org. This article will be under News and Press, and all images, tables, and graphs can be viewed there. To search our technical articles database, click on publications and go to technical articles. That's IIBEC.org. It's August of 2020, and this month's featured article is by Jim Leslie and Kevin Smith. Jim Leslie is the general manager of XTech/Exterior Technologies, Inc. in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He and his team redefine the intersection between the natural and built environments with wall, window, skylight, canopy, and custom systems, such as dynamic facade designs. Leslie has a Bachelor of Science in Mathematics from Penn State University and is a member of the American Production and Inventory Control Society, APICS. He may be reached at Leslie at X-Tech, Inc. Com. Kevin Smith is a registered architect and leads x team of architects and engineers as Director of Product Application and Development. He brings more than three decades of experience in designing commercial, civil, industrial, and transportation projects, as well as daylighting and static and kinetic facades. He earned a Bachelor of Architecture degree from Carnegie Mellon University. Smith may be reached at ksmith at xtechinc.com. Understanding Acoustics for Dynamic Building Enclosures with Wind-Driven Kinetic Facade Systems by Jim Leslie and Kevin Smith. Wind-Driven Kinetic Facade Systems often are constructed of hundreds or thousands of moving parts to provide the intentional dynamic effect For a building enclosure or structure. Responding to air currents, the flapper panel design creates the look of rolling waves across the wall. Designed to attract attention, these systems typically are installed on buildings in dense, urban areas. Along with creating visual interest with their movement, all kinetic installations can produce some level of ambient sound under high wind conditions. Figure 1. Figure 1 is an image of the Pittsburgh Children's Museum. The caption reads, Wind-driven kinetic façade systems create an ever-changing exterior. Translucent flapper panels, such as on Pittsburgh Children's Museum's articulated cloud, allow natural light to enter the interior, while reducing unwanted solar heat gain and glare. The museum's façade system was collaboratively designed and built by artist Ned Kahn, architects Koning Eisenberg, and facade manufacturer Xtech. All photos courtesy of Xtech. Manufacturers can engineer and fabricate kinetic facade systems with spacers between the flappers to reduce the collateral noise. While aluminum is the most popular material for flappers, other options include perforated materials, stainless steel, polycarbonate, polytetrafluoroethylene (PTFE), acrylic, and even polyvinylidene fluoride, PVDF films. Figure 2. The construction material, suspension system, and flapper geometry can be adjusted to ensure that the level, tone, and timbre of the resulting sound is acceptable. Figure 2 shows six different materials used for flappers in kinetic facades, including a silver chrome, glossy beige, matte brown, white, yellow, and perforated. Its caption reads, While aluminum is the most popular material for flappers in wind-driven kinetic façade systems, other options include perforated materials, stainless steel, polycarbonate, PTFE, acrylic, and even PVDF films. The volume and quality of sound generated by a kinetic façade installation should be considered as early as possible in the design and specification process. Sound levels can be verified with full-scale mock-ups to ensure that the wind-driven facade systems are within acceptable levels. Section 1. Measuring Sound A decibel, dB, is a unit of measurement for sound. A-weighted decibels, DBA, are an expression of the sound pressure level scale, or relative loudness of sounds in air, as perceived by conscious, healthy human ears. Be aware that dB and dBA measurements are logarithmic rather than linear. This has implications for interpreting perceived loudness and comparing levels and perceived loudness differences. For every 10 dBA change in the sound pressure level, the perceived loudness changes by a factor of 2. For instance, a 10 dBA increase in level will sound twice as loud to the average listener and a 10 dBA decrease will sound half as loud. A 20 dBA change thus corresponds to an increase-slash-decrease in loudness by a factor of 4, 4 times louder, or one-quarter as loud. A 3 dBA change is the smallest change perceptible to a listener with normal-slash-average hearing. Section 2. Noise Ordinances Many municipalities have ordinances that prohibit unnecessary, excessive, and annoying noises. These noises include those emanating from within buildings and also can include sounds generated by constructing or operating the structure themselves. For example, the Minneapolis City Ordinance states: Excessive noise degrades the environment to a degree that it is harmful to the health, welfare, and safety of its inhabitants interferes with the comfortable enjoyment of life and property interferes with the well-being, tranquility and privacy of the home causes and or aggravates health problems in minneapolis quote regulating noise should and does take into account the time, place and manner of such noise in practice this becomes complicated because different times and noise levels are permitted depending on the source of the sound and the noise generating activities purpose. Commonly, city ordinances, sound levels, and frequencies are different for daytime and nighttime hours. This generally includes guidance on acceptable distances from residences and approved daytime hours for operating lawn mowers, landscaping equipment, power tools, loud motorized vehicles, or construction equipment, performing garbage collection, or allowing amplified music. Figure 3. Figure 3, Treasure Island Center's wind-driven kinetic facade system, installed on the building's top exterior corner, visually attracts visitors' attention in a busy part of downtown St. Paul, Minnesota. As another example, the Noise Ordinance for Los Angeles categorizes the city into four major zones and, depending on the typical activity level in each zone, assumes an ambient 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. daytime noise level of 50 to 65 dBA for sounds within a residence or within 500 feet of a residence. The acceptable nighttime ambient level is reduced by approximately 5 to 10 dBA between 10 p.m. and 7 a.m., Furthermore, the Los Angeles Ordinance states that noise in any place of public entertainment at a sound level greater than 95 DBA is unlawful unless there is signage placed outside and near each public entrance, stating, Warning! Sound levels within may cause hearing impairment. Local noise ordinances also may provide rules and exceptions for hospitals, schools, places of worship, and commercial business districts. In addition, state and federal guidelines may take priority for emergency work or for regulated industries, vehicles, and properties, such as train whistles and airports. Violations may be subject to fines or other punitive actions. In Los Angeles, and similarly in other municipalities, law enforcement may determine whether a violation has occurred based on factors including, but not limited to, the level of noise, whether the nature of the noise is usual or unusual, whether the origin of the noise is natural or unnatural, the level and intensity of the background noise, if any, the proximity of the noise to residential sleeping facilities, the nature and zoning of the area within which the noise emanates, the density of the inhabitation of the area within which the noise emanates, the time of day and night the noise occurs, the duration of the noise, whether the noise is recurrent, intermittent, or constant, whether the noise is produced by a commercial or non-commercial activity. Section 3. Acceptable Exposure to provide a basis for state and local governments' judgments in setting standards the US environmental protection agency EPA identifies a 24-hour exposure level of 70 decibels as the level of environmental noise which will prevent any measurable hearing loss over a lifetime likewise levels of 55 decibels outdoors and 45 decibels indoors are identified as preventing activity interference and annoyance These levels of noise are considered those which will permit spoken conversation and other activities, such as sleeping, working, and recreation, which are part of the daily human condition. The EPA's noise levels represent averages of acoustic energy over periods of time, such as 8 hours or 24 hours, and over long periods of time, such as years. The level of 70 decibels is identified for all areas to prevent hearing loss. Even with the EPA-stated 70 decibel safe level, other U.S. regulations and guidelines vary on acceptable noise levels and duration. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention agrees with the EPA and expands to say, Noise above 70 decibels over a prolonged period of time may start to damage your hearing. Loud noise above 120 decibels can cause immediate harm to your ears. The Occupational Safety and Health Administration's (OSHA) Permissible Exposure Limit is 90 DBA for all workers for an eight-hour day. The OSHA standard uses a 5 DBA exchange rate. This means that when the noise level is increased by 5 DBA, the amount of time a person can be exposed to a certain noise level to receive the same dose is cut in half. The National Institute for Occupational Health and Safety, NIOSH, has recommended that all worker exposures to noise should be controlled below a level equivalent to 80 DBA for eight hours to minimize occupational noise-induced hearing loss. NIOSH also recommends a 3 DBA exchange rate such that every increase by 3 dBA doubles the amount of noise and halves the recommended amount of exposure time. Also in this section, we see Figure 4. Logan International Airport's walkway and west garage features a wind-driven kinetic façade system with 48,000 aluminum flapper panels to screen the parking structure. Designed by architectural firm Street Inc., in collaboration with façade manufacturer Xtech, The garage's dynamic wall enhances the view for the traveling public. Figure 4 shows an internal view with flappers visible in various positions. Section 4. Noise-Induced Hearing Loss Regardless of whether the source is inside, outside, or as a result of a building structure, unwanted sounds quickly can become perceived as noise. Sustained, loud, or high-frequency noises are proven to have negative consequences on human health. The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services National Institutes of Health, NIH, and the National Institute on Deafness and Other Communication Disorders, NIDCD, cautions, sounds can be harmful when they are too loud, even for a brief time, or when they are both loud and long-lasting. These sounds can damage sensitive structures in the inner ear and cause noise-induced hearing loss, NIHL. Humans perceive noise by converting sound waves in the air into electrical signals that register in the brain. Sound waves enter through the outer ear and travel through the ear canal, causing the eardrum to vibrate. Three tiny bones in the middle ear convert the sound vibrations from air to fluid vibrations in the cochlea of the inner ear. NIDCD explains that most NIHL is caused by the damage and eventual death of stereocilia, Microscopic hair like projections in the inner ear. Once the vibrations cause the fluid inside the cochlea to ripple, a traveling wave forms along the basilar membrane. Hair cells, sensory cells sitting on top of the basilar membrane, ride the wave. The stereocilia that perch on top of the hair cells bump against an overlying structure and bend. Bending causes pore-like channels, which are at the tips of the stereocilia, to open up. When that happens, chemicals rush into the cell, creating an electrical signal. The auditory nerve carries this electrical signal to the brain, which translates it into a sound that we recognize and understand. The louder the sound, the shorter the amount of time it takes for NIHL to happen, concludes NIDCD. The Hearing Health Foundation estimates nearly 50 million Americans, including one in five teenagers, suffer from NIHL. It adds that, quote, regular exposure of more than 60 seconds at or above 110 decibels risks permanent hearing loss. Prolonged exposure to any noise at or above 85 decibels can cause gradual hearing loss. No more than 15 minutes of unprotected exposure at or above 100 decibels is recommended. Table 1, Typical Sound Levels, from Center for Hearing and Communication, Centers for Disease Control, Environmental Protection Agency, Hearing Health Foundation, NIDCD, NIOSH, and OSHA. Typical Sound Levels in DBA and Sound Source. 170 is a shotgun firing. 162, a firecracker three feet away. 140, threshold of pain for an average listener. 150, jet taking off. 130, jackhammer and operating heavy equipment. 120, an ambulance siren or a thunderclap. 110, shouting directly in the ear, rock concerts, sporting events, 105 to 110, music through headphones at maximum volume, 95 to 110, motorcycles and dirt bikes, 90 to 115, an approaching subway train, construction site, 85, heavy city traffic, busy restaurant, handsaw, 80 to 90, food processor, blender, 74 to 104, Movie theater. 70 to 95, coffee grinder, garbage disposal. 70, freeway traffic. 60 to 70, normal conversation, three feet away. 60 to 95, hair dryer, vacuum, power lawnmower. 50 to 75, refrigerator, dishwasher, washing machine, air conditioner. 50, rainfall, large office. 40, Library. Quiet residential area. 30. North rim of Grand Canyon. 20. Ticking watch. Whisper five feet away. 10. Normal breathing. 3. Smallest perceptible change in sound to an average listener. Section 5. Acoustical Study of Wind-Driven Facade Systems. As of January 2020, no available research could be located that effectively recorded the sound levels generated by wind-driven kinetic façade systems. xtec Exterior Technologies, Inc. commissioned an acoustical study to model and predict the sound that would be emitted by a pin-mounted, wind-driven façade system installation in the areas surrounding the building structure the study would assess the sound relative to objective levels and limits as compared to applicable noise ordinance and regulations and to subjective human perception of what a nearby listener would hear. A physical test unit was constructed to evaluate kinetic façade system's structural dynamic behavior and to measure the sound generated by wind-induced motion of its flappers and its support structures, figure 5. This test unit consisted of 22.2 square foot overall area, 32 8 square inch flapper panels manufactured with 0.040 inch thick 3003 alloy aluminum with mounting holes and finished in a polyvinylidene fluoride PVDF kynar architectural coating on the fronts and a wash coat on the backs. 2-inch spacing on all sides. 2-point pin mount suspension system, including 300 stainless supports. Sound dampening bushing. Extruded aluminum framing. Flappers set for 80 degrees total movement. Figure 5 shows a close-up of the front view of said test unit. A pin-mount suspension on a wind-driven facade system allows the flapper elements to seemingly float in front of the support rungs and side rails as a veil, figure 6. Figure 6 shows a view looking up at a pin-mount suspension on a wind-driven kinetic facade system. This configuration minimizes the appearance of the supporting structure and makes it convenient to create innovative aesthetic designs by mixing flapper shapes to create geometric patterns. This type of suspension also makes installation possible at various mounting points, facilitating changes in kinetic activity. Pin-mount suspension systems allow the flappers to be removed and replaced without any specialized tools if repair or maintenance is needed. Figure 7 Figure 7 is an image of a hand using a battery-powered drill with screwdriver bit held up to a pin-mount system. The test unit was installed in a large open field in a high wind area of rural western Pennsylvania, figure 8. Figure 8 shows the test unit in a large, snowy, clearly wind-swept field. The caption reads, Installed in a large open field in a high wind area of rural western Pennsylvania, the wind-driven kinetic façade test unit was exposed to varying wind conditions, and the wind-induced sound was measured and correlated with the wind parameters. This location was selected due to its minimal extraneous ambient noise sources, reducing the potential for background noise to contaminate the study. The test unit was exposed to varying wind conditions and the wind-induced sound was measured and correlated with the wind parameters. The data collected from the test unit were then applied to a larger wind-driven facade model On a full-scale building elevation. Figure 9 shows a graphic representation of the dimensions explained forthwith. The building elevation dimensions were 55 feet high, four floors tall, 560.5 feet long, 21,632 square feet of moving flapper panels installed eight feet above grade, The model was used to predict the aggregate sound that would be emitted at increasing distances from the building's wind-driven kinetic façade systems. Sound levels were calculated at ground level from the building's center, 280.5 feet, Table 2, and at approximately 140 feet from the building's corner, Table 3. For the quietest predicted sound level of 35 dBA, a person would need to stand 100 feet from the building with a 5 mph wind blowing. This would be the equivalent of hearing a soft voice at a distance of 5 feet. For the loudest predicted sound level of 62 dBA, a person would need to stand immediately in front of the building, 0 feet, with a 25 mile per hour wind blowing the kinetic façade system. This quote-unquote noise would be the equivalent of hearing a conversation at a distance of 3 feet. Figure 10. These tables are available on our website, Figure 10 is a graph of the overall sound pressure level produced by the wind-driven kinetic façade test unit plotted as a function of distance for 10 and 25 mph wind speeds. Chart by XTech. Research shows that installed in an urban setting, a city's ambient noise further masks the sounds produced by a building façade. Current examples of wind-driven façade installations can be seen on airports, downtown offices, sports stadiums and event centers, high-end retail stores, museums, and parking garages. In these applications, noise from vehicle traffic, aircraft, performances, and energetic visitors help negate the sound produced from the kinetic system itself. In addition to the location-specific noises of a kinetic wall installation, The wind inducing the flapper panels to create the system's dynamic visual effect also will generate ambient sound. In many cases, the wind itself will be loud enough to mask the sound level of the facade system. XTAC's acoustic study also verifies that the perceived sound levels of this type of wind-driven kinetic facade are highly unlikely to be of concern to applicable noise ordinances and regulations. In conclusion, remember to consider the volume and quality of sound generated by a kinetic facade installation as early as possible in the project's design and material selection process. If necessary, verify sound levels and tonal quality on an individual project with a full scale mock-up. Given the complexity of kinetic facade systems, seek an experienced designer and manufacturer to participate early in the project's design. Look for one offering preliminary cost estimating, mock-ups, and a variety of fabrication and installation options to meet each project's functional and aesthetic requirements. We'd like to thank Jim Leslie and Kevin Smith for this fascinating dive into the world of kinetic facades and the sounds they can contribute to the urban environment. IBEC and the National Research Council of Canada have made the difficult decision to postpone ICBEST 2020 until 2022. IBEC's portion of the intended papers will be presented as the IBEC 2020 Virtual Canadian Building Enclosure Symposium. The symposium will be open September 22nd through 24th, and as with the virtual convention, all sessions and trade show booths will stay up for an additional 30 days until October 25th. For more information and to register, please visit our website at ibec.org/2020-ibec-virtual-cbes. For more great educational content, visit ibeck.learnupon.com to view our online offerings. Would you like to sponsor this podcast? I could be talking about your company or product right now. To sponsor the podcast contact Chris Barnes at cbarnes at ibec.org, that's c-b-a-r-n-e-s at i-i-b-e-c dot If you are in Regions 5 or 2, you have a Region meeting coming up. Region 5's meeting will take place virtually on September 16th through 18th, 2020. Region 2's meeting is also virtual and will happen on October 20th through 22nd, 2020. For more information and to sign up, go to ibeck.org forward slash region meetings. Thanks for listening and have a constructive day.